If you have your Bibles, you're more than welcome to turn with me to Matthew chapter 2. Matthew's Gospel chapter 2. If you don't have them, that's cool. We're okay. I was getting ready to come up here, and uh, my daughter, my family, all of us love having our families with you. And so I was just getting ready to tell my daughter we're coming. I'm coming up here to preach, and I thought she was going to say, do great, Dad, or something. She said, is this long? <laughs> so I want you all to know I've already heard, you know, I haven't even got started yet. And I've already heard, and I know. My desire is definitely not to do that. I just want us to draw our attention to God's word uh, this afternoon and just consider something, if we can, when we think about Christmas, uh, of course, it's its own thing now, right? Uh, You know something's its own thing when it has its own language, when there's words around something that you don't use any other time. The only time we ever use the word Mary, referring to Merry Christmas, is with this. It's got its own word to go with it, right? And we, we think of other words that come with this season, like festive or jolly. These are words that, that come with this Christmas season that, that oftentimes we don't, we don't use probably in any other place or any other time. The songs we sing during this season have its own word. They're not hymns, they're not songs, they are carols. And so Christmas has its own thing. There's even words that I have no idea really where they came from or what they mean. Words like yuletide, you know what I'm saying? I thought that meant you will tide, which makes no sense. Or words like Noel, when I tried to look up Noel, the computer doesn't even know what that means. You look that up and it's a word that means to have a baby or a song or it's coming from the French or the Latin, just all kind of places. These are words that come with Christmas that, that we oftentimes use, has its own language and we really may not even know why. But when we think about one word today, I want us to consider that word which comes straight from God's word, a word that is in the scriptures around the birth of Christ quite often, and that word is joy. It's the word joy. And as we look in Matthew's gospel, chapter two, verse 10, we'll find that word there. Now, I need to set this in context. We've been preaching on Sunday mornings through Matthew's gospel, especially looking how Matthew presents the birth of Christ. And so just a few weeks ago, we preached about the wise men who came. And this verse kind of caught my attention when we were preaching that. Verse 10. Now, the wise men, as we know, traveled from uh, uh, a long way away. I keep wanting to say afar, but then that's that joke that we know wise men were, were firemen because they came from afar. And so I don't like to use that word. But they came from a long way from the east, right? And they're trying to get there. And, and we assume, or even from the text, we can deduce that it took them a good bit of time, something up to two years to travel this far to get to this place. They saw a star rise. They did their research. They found out that this star could represent the coming of the king of Judah or Jerusalem. And so they make their way there. And when they get to Jerusalem, they come into town saying, where is he? Where is the king that's born? They walk straight in Jerusalem saying, where is this king that's born? The king of the Jews. We came here to worship him. We saw his star and nobody knows what they're talking about. 
Nobody even understands. King Herod hears this and he's troubled. The people are troubled with him. He's trying to get to figure out what is this. And these wise men are kind of blown away by the fact that we thought y'all had a king that was born. The announcement was in the heavens itself, the star that is coming. Now we show up to town and nobody knows about this king. So Herod gets his scribes, he gets his chief priests together. Where is it that the king was to be born? Bethlehem, Micah tells us that. And so the wise men, just trying to figure this out, kind of blown away that nobody knows. The king's been born in Jerusalem and y'all don't even know about it? Probably leaving after a long journey, leaving out of Jerusalem a little bit heartbroken, a little bit in despair, until that star rises again, the scripture says. And they see that star and it settles in just as the scribes and the chief priests had says. It settles in over Bethlehem. In fact, it leads them, as the text tells us, directly to a house where the baby is. And that's where we see Matthew chapter 2, verse 10. Having been dejected in despair, traveled so far, looking for this king, thinking they can't find him. Nobody knows anything about him. They see the star again. And when they saw the star, the text tells us, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for your kindness to us in giving us this day, giving us this time, giving us this moment we have together. And so, Father, more than all of that, as we gather together at this time, help us to gather together around your word and look to it. And may the joy we see the wise men have, the joy we find in Christ, be found in every single heart in this place. God, thank you for giving us this privilege to be together. We ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. When we see this passage, I think the redundancy is important. I mean, consider what Matthew, when he's telling this story, says. He says, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. These words are redundant. I mean, they continue to pile up this idea of joy that is coming. In fact, the word rejoiced, as it says, means to feel or show great joy or delight. And exceedingly, to a great extent, they felt or showed great joy or delight. That would be sufficient. They saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly. That should give us some sense that they had just this incredible joy within themselves of seeing the star, but it adds on to it, it keeps going. They rejoiced exceedingly with great, this great intensity, considerably more than normal, with great joy. This joy that they have, rejoicing exceedingly in, is a feeling of incredible happiness. In fact, I think many people try to make a distinction between joy and happiness, and there may be slight, but I think we overdo it sometime. Joy is, as Webster's Dictionary says, an intensity of happiness. But I believe the Bible does take joy a little deeper. Happiness sometimes can be taken away from us in a moment. It quite often can be circumstantial. We're happy because we got what we want for Christmas. Some of y'all know that story. We're happy because things are going our way. We're happy because everything's working out. But that happiness can be robbed from us with just a, a, a bit of news. That happiness can be taken from us when somebody cuts us off in driving or in other, some other place. That happiness can be taken in a moment because it tends to be surface level and circumstantial. But joy, 
Joy goes deeper because joy is not rooted in circumstances. Joy is rooted in something greater, something deeper within, some longing that we have that has finally been met. In fact, when I think of true joy, I think of the word satisfaction. Finally being satisfied, looking for something, longing for something, the desires you, you, you long for, the things you hope for. Finally, finding all of that brings great joy. And that's what the wise men have. They've found it. They've come and their journey has ended and they have found again what they've been looking for. And as they have this exceedingly great joy, my desire is for each and every one of us in this room that we too would have this exceedingly great joy. That we too would have the satisfaction that we desire that all of our longings will be met, that all of our hopes will be met, that all of our dreams will come to truth in this moment as it did for these wise men. So if we're thinking about having that joy, let's see why they had theirs. The wise men found joy because they found what they were looking for. It says, as they left, they came. Where is he who's been born king of the Jews? And, and so they're looking for this one who's been born, this baby who's been born king. And here in our text, it says, as they came, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy because they went into the house and they saw the child with Mary. This is the one they came for. Now, just imagine living far in the east. They hear the news or the story. They see a star rising. They're searching the skies. They, they research this thing and they find out that there's this star that will rise whenever a baby will be born. Looking back in the text, they find all of these truths. And so they're thinking, maybe this is it. This is the one. They've become so sure of it that they leave their home. They gather up their stuff. They get uh, all their things together. They spend their money. They take great gifts with them, and they head off to the east, and it takes them some two years. And imagine the perseverance that takes. The perseverance it takes to continue in something difficult and to continue in something hard, they do just that. They take off on this long journey, and the only reason they left, the only reason they're going, is to find this one who's been born king of the Jews. And in this moment, in this moment, they found him. They found what they were desperate for. They found what they've been looking for. They found the one they've been persevering through hardship and trouble. I'm sure many nights were as cold as the ones we felt last night. I'm sure great difficulty came on the journey. I'm sure all of those things that many times made them want to say, let's turn around and go back. Let's head back home. This isn't worth it, but not them. They persevered through it all. They were desperate to find him, and they found him. Just think of all the things in life you've worked hard for, only to get it. You work hard every day. You give your life for something, and then you, you get it. You finally realize it. You finally grab a hold of it, and the joy that you feel is something that nobody can rob or take away from you. Nobody can, can, can take it from you at all. That joy comes from something that's yours, and you've attained it. That's exactly what the wise men have. That's the joy. Some may have even called them crazy. Y'all are going to do what? Y'all are heading east to look for who? But in that moment, they had found what they'd been looking for, and they had great joy. What we need to know is every one of us in this room are searching for something. 
We're looking for something to satisfy us. In fact, I think that's what all of life is about. Everything we do, everything we we hope for, we're trying to fill our lives with things that can satisfy us. Buy enough gifts, do enough stuff, because we have this great longings that need to be met. And maybe the world can satisfy those things. Maybe this stuff out here can satisfy them. What we find is it can never do that. No matter how great that thing may be, it cannot fulfill what we're longing for, what we're looking for, what we're searching for in life, because we're searching for something to satisfy us that only can come from God himself, the one who created us and made us. And here, as we see the wise men have exceedingly great joy. Why? Because they found what they are looking for, and that's our desire even now, to find that one who satisfies us above everything else. And that's joy. That's true joy to find what you've been looking for. Many of your journeys have been long, especially your spiritual journeys. Some of you, this may be the first time you're in church in years because mom or grandma made you come. You may not even want to be here, but in some way, there's not an accident in this room. There's not a person in this room that is here by happenstance or chance. Every one of us are gathered here because God has brought us to this place. And just maybe, just maybe, today is the day you finally turn to the one who can truly satisfy you, Christ Jesus. And my friends, that is where joy is found. But not only did they find what they are looking for, They found joy because they were doing what they were created for. Here, they see the baby, they find him, and what do they do? It tells us immediately, they fell down and worshiped him. We were created by God for the great purpose, to bring him glory and worship him. The idea of worship is the idea of worth. So we worship something, we're assigning worth to it. We don't always use that language, but we assign worth to a lot of things, don't we? Just think about your life and and what it is that you find most important or or where your priorities are or what it is you talk about every day or, or what it is you love. Those are the things you assign worth to. And the scriptures are telling us that's what worship is, assigning worth to something. We are gonna worship something. Every single one of us are created to worship. We're going to assign worth somewhere to something. And the only one that is worthy, the only one that is worthy of our worship, the only one that is worthy of the worth by which we give in our life is Jesus Christ. You see, the wise men came and they worshiped. They did exactly what they were created to do. God made them and shaped them just like he made us and shaped us to worship him and him alone. Created to worship our creator. And when we truly worship him above all others, when we assign him the worth that he needs in our life, when we assign him the worth that he is due, then we truly find joy. That's what's joyous for us. We assign worth. We worship so many other things in so many other places, but they can't fulfill us. They can't bring us what we're looking for. They can't satisfy that longing. It's only Jesus who is truly worthy and can fulfill everything we look for and everything we long for. When we worship him, assign the worth that is due him with our lives, then we find joy. But they also not only worshiped him, that worship took a unique look here. 
They had great joy because they fulfilled their purpose in life. You see, they left their home to come from the east on a long journey, and they gathered together gifts. They came to find the king, worship him, and give him gifts. And when they get to him, it tells us exactly what they do. They find the child, they fell down in worship, and they opened up their treasure, and they offered up gifts. They went to find, worship, and deliver the gifts. They are. They're fulfilling the very purpose that they left for when they do this. And in some ways, we need to realize that's what we are created to do. In fact, God has given us many gifts and talents, and we use those in different ways and different things. We have many resources that he's blessed us with. As the scripture says, there's not one thing we have that we have not been given from him. And so everything we have is due back to him. And when we want to find true joy, we use our life to glorify and honor him. We honor him with everything we have. Our gifts, our talents is for his glory, not ours. Our resources is for his glory, not ours. Because we recognize there's no way we can outgive God. In fact, Christmas tells us that more than anything else. Here at this season, as we celebrate this, God sent his son, the greatest gift of all. And there's no way we can outgive that. And what scripture says, because God has been so generous to give us his son, therefore, as we worship him, we give our lives back to him. And my friends, what I'm telling you is, no matter what you may think about it, that's where true joy is found. When you spend your life doing what you were created to do, worship God, enjoy him, and give your life back to him. All your gifts, all your talents, all your resources, you are, in some sense, not finding their true value in your life, not using them to their greatest of influence or power even, if you're not using them for his glory. This is what they're created to do. And here they fulfilled it. Their purpose was to leave and give the gifts, and so they did, and they found great joy in accomplishing the task. For us, our great purpose in life is not only to know him and find the joy, but to live our life for his glory, for his honor. When we think about joy, we recognize it's a comparison word. What I mean by that, quite often in Scripture, we know what joy is because we know what despair is. Think about it for a moment. Think about times of joy in your life. Oftentimes they've come after seasons of great despair because, because you recognize the preciousness of that joy because of what you've been through and the difficulty that you've come through. In scripture, we find that so often. In fact, there in the, the prophet Jeremiah chapter 31, it's a, it's a difficult chapter of, of great destruction and great despair over God's people because of sin. But in the midst of that, the Lord says to them, I will turn your mourning into joy. And that's what we can understand. That despair that we know can be found in great joy. And that's how we know it is. And some of us, like I said, this past year has been difficult. We come in here and, and, and even not being real happy with what's gone on. We've suffered through difficulty and pain and heartache, loss and trouble. We've suffered through these things all year long. And what we're looking for, what we're longing for is just a little bit of joy in this. And what I'm telling you is this. That, that here in Christ, you can find that joy. That even in the midst of great despair, Christ Jesus is there. 
And the promises of God are true because Christ Jesus has made them all true. That joy you're longing for is not in a thing. It's not in a place. It's not even in a day like Christmas. That joy you're longing for is in a person. The person of Christ Jesus. Hold on to him. When the wise men saw him, they rejoiced with great joy. And I pray you do too. In fact, I pray that each and every one of you become desperate for joy. Desperate for joy. Because if you're desperate for joy, you're going to look for it. And if you're going to look for it, you're going to realize you'll never find it until you find it in Christ. Here the wise men lead the way for us. I love the song we sang, Joy to the World, a great Christmas carol. In that song it says that joy to the world has come as far as the curse is found. And what we recognize, what we recognize is the curse of sin is the greatest thing we have to overcome. All the difficulties, all the struggles, but we still have a problem. And that problem is that we're sinners who need salvation. And we can't find that on our own. The world can't offer that. It's not given that. We can't buy that at the store and we can't wrap it up and sell it. Salvation from our sins only comes, forgiveness from our sins only comes through Jesus Christ who came for us, died in our place, rose again, and is now seated on the throne. That salvation has come in him and in him we find exactly what we need in every way. Joy to the world as far as the curse is found, in the deepest, darkest places of this world and in the deepest, darkest places of our heart, joy has come in Christ. And you can know him today. Every corner of the earth, joy comes when Christ is proclaimed. Every heart that is here today, joy comes when Christ reigns. I'm thankful this past Sunday, I was preaching and kind of giving an illustration of growing up and Christmas Eves, and I mentioned that uh, my favorite Christmas song was Oh Holy Night. And Kevin, Pastor Kevin, being as astute as he is, singing for us today, by the way, I'm so thankful for our choir, our orchestra, who gave of Christmas Eve to come and serve us in this way. Pastor Kevin sang, Mary, did you know, did a fantastic job, and then we made him carry the pulpit up here by himself. It's not light. I mentioned that my favorite song was Oh Holy Night. Has kind of become that throughout the years. That line in it, the thrill of hope. But that last line in the third verse talks about how we sing hymns, sweet hymns of joy. In grateful chorus raise we. Let all within us praise his holy name. And my desire for all of us today is that this Christmas season, we find that sweet joy that we've been longing for. And we find that in Christ. And with our very breath, let's praise his holy name. The joy that you want, the satisfaction you've been looking for is not hiding and it costs you nothing. It's available in Jesus Christ our Lord. Find that joy if you haven't already today.
Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for Christ, who he is, what he's done. We thank you today that the joy that we long for is ours in him. So let no one leave this place still in despair, God. But may their heart find everything they've been looking for in Jesus today. God, thank you for Christ. Thank you for sending him. Without him, we would have nothing, no hope, no joy. But with him, with Christ, we have everything. So let no one leave here today, Father, without him. Turn every heart towards you. Thank you for Jesus, for all that he is and everything he's done. For it's in his name we pray. Amen.